0: Welcome to our podcast. True crimes and story times. Stewie, Stewie times. times. <laughs> I'm Michelle. And I'm Kirsten. The one who can't say story time. Stowy times. Or rural. Or rural And today is my true crime episode. Hell yeah. Have you seen that video on TikTok of that little girl and she's opening up her gifts and she keeps going, Hell yeah. <laughs> i'll show it to you after this it's hilarious okay today we're covering the disappearance of harold holt never heard of it it's an australian case Ooh. we don't have any australian listeners but maybe this will bring some maybe maybe you never know are you ready to get started i'm ready hit me i'm ready i'm ready sorry spongebob yeah anyways (laughs) that's all that goes through my brain all day spongebob you know, it's funnier than 24. 25. <laughs> at night. At night. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. my god, I burned my hand. At night. <laughs> okay. I'm we got doing sugar- dishes. At night. At night. <laughs> oh my god. We had sugar and oh we had man. a break in between episodes and now we had sugar and now we're like now we're ready to we're go hyped up let's get on with it okay let me unplug my laptop it's fully charged yeah fully charged <laughs> at, at night, night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay all right i said what we're covering today already yes you, right? you did okay Harold Holt became Prime Minister of Australia in January 1966, following the retirement of Sir Robert Menzies. Prime Minister is like the leader, right? Like, it's like their president kind of equivalent I think, right? to the president. I'm not really sure how all that works, but I probably should have researched that more. But like, it's cool. He's, I don't need to know how it works. To Prime know the Minister case. is like our the equivalent, equivalent to like a president, right? Yes, yes. Okay, I think he was a career politician. He entered Parliament in 1935 at age 27 as an MP for the United Australian Party. He became a government minister at age 31 in 1940, and in 1944 was a founding member. Member, and member, and I'm the one who can't talk. <laughs> I knew it was coming. It's fine. A founding member of the newly established Liberal Party. He had served as deputy party leader and federal treasurer before becoming prime minister. Harold refused a security detail when he came into office, which is surprising to me. Yeah. I mean, every if time you're we- you're high up in, like, government. Yeah. Well, also, so every time we had... see our president, he has so much security detail, right. it's crazy. That's- Yeah. Which I understand why. How many presidents have we had that have been shot and killed? More than one. Yeah. So, one too many. Yeah. So, he refused the security detail. He considered it unnecessary and also alienating to the general public. So, he didn't want to seem like... He was higher than anybody else. That, and like he wanted to have interactions with other people. He didn't want to necessarily have people not being able to interact with him. Mm -hmm. His stance quickly changed after two incidents happening in mid-1966. That's not long after he became prime minister. A window in Harold's office was shattered by a sniper... (gasps) and hen in the session assass- and then oh <laughs> I and <said> hen, <laughs> okay who's making the spelling mistakes now okay okay <laughs> and then an assassination attempt was made on arthur colwell the leader of the opposition so he was like yeah you know maybe we need maybe we need some security oh yeah he said maybe because harold accepted one bodyguard for official business but refused to have one while on holiday so he only wanted one bodyguard after he almost got killed what is one bodyguard gonna do against a sniper stand in front of it i guess i have no idea but he basically said it was a violation of his privacy so that's true i get that i get, I get that. it too his wife zara later suggested that this was so he could hide his extramarital affairs Ooh. Harold was an outdoorsman and had beach houses at Portsea, Victoria, and Bingle Bay, Queensland. Bingle Bay? I kind of like that. Yeah. Bingle Bay. Love it. <laughs> he was introduced to spearfishing in 1954, and that became his main hobby while on vacation. He has all these vacation houses, so it seems like he's always on vacation. Man. Must be nice. Seriously. Harold wore a wetsuit so he could fish year-round and preferred either skin diving or snorkeling, as he found air tanks burdensome and inauthentic. What is skin diving? I do not like know. Like diving without a diving suit? I assume so. Like naked? Maybe. Or like with trunks? I'm hoping it was with trunks. <laughs> <laughs> Once he speared a fish, he would unzip his wetsuit and put the fish inside so he could continue. What the heck? Blood and all. The blood's like pouring out of his wetsuit and he's still like spearfishing. Oh my goodness. Yep. Pretty gross if you ask me and yeah. also if the kind fish isn't exactly dead wouldn't it be like stabbing you with its fins and stuff like it's yeah, top fin, you know it's sharp according to his friends harold had incredible endurance underwater he sometimes kept him nope yep that's where i'm at <laughs> nope yep he sometimes kept himself amused at parliamentary events by seeing how long he could hold his breath so he's like not even paying attention. He's like he's like you want to see how how long I can hold my breath. Yeah, you <laughs> want to watch? Do you do you want to end on this little joke? Since we're very bored. Although he could tread water for long periods of time, he was not a strong surface swimmer. Several of Harold's friends confront him about the dangers of his hobby, including his press secretary, Tony Agleton. That last name sounds so fancy. Eagleton. Hey, to hey, whom Tony Harold Eggleton. responded. Look, Tony, what are the odds of a prime minister being drowned or taken by a shark? Is, is that, um, is that um, foreshadowing? I don't know. We'll, we'll have see. to find out. On May 20th, 1967, Harold had a close call. Hmm. At the time, he was diving at Cheviot Beach on the Morning Peninsula. He became distressed and called for help, and he was pulled ashore by his diving companions. He had people that he went with, so I don't think he ever really went by himself. I think it was mostly with other people. He remained conscious but turned purple and vomited a large amount of seawater. Ew. So he was drowning, basically. Yeah. Not, not good. No. Harold attributed the incident to a leaking snorkel and supposedly remarked, that's the closest I've ever been to drowning in my life. I'd say. No kidding, dude. You're you throwing don't... up seawater. Yeah, and you're purple. Yeah. Insane. A few months later, on August 5th, which was also his 59th birthday, he was spearfishing at Dunk Island on the Great Barrier Reef. That would be cool. I wouldn't want to spearfish, but I would want to snorkel there. I would want to visit the Great Barrier Reef. Me too. He spent 25 minutes chasing a large coral trout, but eventually had to abandon the pursuit due to extreme shortness of breath. Yeah, 25 minutes? This dude was trying to kill himself. Man. Harold had been in reasonably good health, and his family, though had a history of premature death his father died at age 59 and his brother 57 harold suffered oh so so he's about to he's about to be older than his father ever was yeah or his brother or his brother on his 59th birthday that's when he uh did this whole thing with the well what was it he was chasing the fish oh yeah for 25 minutes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. gotcha gotcha Harold suffered a severe concussion in a road accident in November 1955 in which the driver of his ministerial car was killed. Mm -hmm. In September 1967, Holt began treatment for a painful shoulder injury that he had originally Originally. originally suffered playing football in his youth. He was prescribed painkillers and twice-weekly physiotherapy. Um, I almost read that in my head as psychotherapy. (laughs) (laughs) So, he's out here swimming, doing his own thing, but he has a shoulder injury. Yeah. Hm. Like, you shouldn't be out here doing all this swimming, but. Right. I'm sure some of it is good, but not, like, not to in the like, lengths large he amount. was going. Right. A few days before his death, oops, he had been briefly examined by his personal physician. So, uh, spoiler, he died. <laughs> you can just cut that part out if you want. No, it's okay. Oh, okay. A few days before his death, he had been briefly examined by his personal physician, Marcus Fonts, who advised him to avoid overexerting himself and to cut back on swimming and tennis. So, like, they were trying to get him to cut back on doing what he was doing, but he didn't really want to. He was like, this is my hobby. I don't want to stop doing what I like Yeah, to. he wanted to do what he wanted to do. Even if it means that I'm going to die. Yeah, he didn't really care about what other people think or thought. I don't think. I think he just wanted to do whatever he wanted to do. Right. Um, Morphine was named as the drug that he had been prescribed, although there is no direct evidence that he had taken any on the day of his death. Harold's final cabinet meeting began late on Thursday, December 14th, 1967. (gasps) That's my birthday. I knew you were going to say that. As soon as I saw it, I was like, That's my birthday. Because literally, last week, didn't we say something like December 15th? It was like the day after. Yeah, remember that? The the girl's birthday that you were talking Elizabeth about. Elizabeth olton was that yeah. the case I did last? Mm-hmm. No, the, the last case you did was the Slaughter family. This was before that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting all of them mixed up Her already. Her birthday was December 15th. Look at that. My birthday actually has a little bit of significance: of somebody dying. Of somebody <laughs> dying. Yeah, that's whatever. Oh, they, he didn't die on his birthday, but. It lasted until the following morning. So the cabinet meeting lasted pretty much all night. He returned to the lodge for some sleep, and then he went to his parliament house at about 8.30 a.m. to finalize a press release. I really can't read, because that in my head says (laughs) fantasize. Maybe I am a little bit Fantasize a press release. That's (laughs) not good. (laughs) At 11 a.m., Harold left parliament house and was driven to RAAF base Fairbairn, where he boarded a military jet to Melbourne. Fairbairn? That's definitely how it's pronounced. JK, I really don't know. Well, it's pronounced, it's not Fairbarn. There's an I there. Yeah, I know. Fairbairn. It has to be, right? His wife, Zara, stayed in Canberra to finalize preparations for the annual Christmas party. On arriving in Melbourne, Harold and his personal secretary, Patricia DeLacy, were driven to his constituency office. Um, you know, Melbourne is actually pronounced Melbourne. Really? Yes. Well, thank you. You're Even on. though it's like halfway through the episode I've already said it like three times. Well, I only just noticed it. Melbourne? Melbourne. Yes. Hmm. I'm 99% sure it's not Melbourne. Born. I'm sorry that I've been pronouncing it it's wrong this Melbourne. whole Melbourne. After dictating a few letters, he went on to his home in Oh my gosh. After dictating a few letters, he went on to his home at St. George's Road, Turek. It's probably not how you pronounce that. That either. I don't know how to pronounce. Turek. There, he informed his housekeeper, Edith Tiny Lawless, that he would be spending the weekend at his beach house. He also carried with him a letter from the Liberal Party whip expressing concern at the performance of the government. Not sure what Liberal Party whip is, but who knows. Holt drove down to Port C in his red Pontiac Parisienne. Is that how you say that? No clue. I really need to start looking this stuff up it's okay paracene paracene he stopped in sorrento on the way where he ran into his neighbor major e or is it major marjorie marjorie oh marjorie why did i say major e marjorie <laughs> is that your attempt at an australian accent okay or listen what? i watch way too much bluey oh
1: my with God. my kids
0: and marjorie they like the two like main little kids pretend mm-hmm. to be old ladies and one of their old ladies name is marjorie <laughs> so, so she's always like marjorie that's so funny it's cute anyway <laughs> sorry he stopped in sorrento on the way that was the widest way i could say sorrento okay he stopped in sorrento on the way you say the widest yeah <laughs> how did you say sorrento sorrento he stopped in sorrento on the way, where he ran into his neighbor, Marjorie Gillespie, one of several women who it was rumored he was having an affair with, and received an invitation to evening drinks. He spent an hour with Marjorie and her husband, Winton, and then had dinner with Lawless, who had driven down separately with Harold's clothes and provisions for the weekend. Also, in Bluey, mm-hmm. when they're pretending to be old ladies, Marjorie, they mm-hmm. always talk about their husband, Winton. That's so weird. I'm not Did they even get that kidding. from this? I don't know. That don't is weird. Know. Oh my god. I can like Too many connections here. Too many. Well, I mean Bluey is an Australian Bluey, show. We see you. We know where you got it. I'm catching on, Bluey. <laughs> I'm coming for you. I'm on just Saturday, December sixteenth, Harold got up early and ate a light breakfast. He did some gardening, made some phone calls to Eggleton and his stepson Nicholas, inviting the latter down to Port C. Harold played tennis in the afternoon and then spent some time with Nicholas and his family. In the evening, he attended a neighbor's cocktail party, which I think this is Marjorie, for about an hour and then returned home to host a dinner party with about a dozen guests. Harold again woke up on Sunday, December 17th, and after breakfast called his wife. He drove to the local store mid-morning where he bought insect repellent, peanuts, and the weekend newspapers. Peanuts? Peanuts and You definitely said (laughs) peanuts. There was no tea there. No. Peanuts. No. I swear you did. Do we have to go back and look? (laughs) You definitely said Bought insect repellent (laughs) penis. (laughs) Where can you get insect repellent? Weekend newspapers and a penis Penis. (laughs) safe store. You definitely did not say the tea. I did. You did it. You said penis. (laughs) Okay. One of the headlines in the Australian. I can't stop thinking about (laughs) penis. Toes. I hope it's your man's. (laughs) Only my man's. Okay, I'm done. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Straight face. (laughs) You said straight face. You said... (gasps) I was taking a deep breath. Okay. All, All right. <clears throat> One of the headlines in the Australian was PM advised to swim less, which detailed the latest advice from Harold's doctor. However, it is unclear if Harold bought or read that particular paper. So there was a story on him in the paper because he is the prime minister. He's the PM. Oh, yeah. Why? <laughs> did, that <laughs> did that not click? That PM did not click in my prime head. PM prime minister? It's you yeah. know, like, POTUS is President oh of the gosh. United States. Yes. I, that I thought, did not click in my head for whatever reason. I, I was thinking, thought, like, night advised to swim less. <laughs> PM, like, night. You're an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> I, know. I know. Oh, my gosh. I have to get my shit together today. How does that make any sense? It doesn't. I'm PM. sorry. PM. Make guys, sure you're Christmas. not swimming less in the PM. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas was yesterday, guys. I'm still drained. Man, you're telling me. I hope you all had a good Christmas. (laughs) That's random. Just saying, but that's why I'm drained. And no, I'm usually just an idiot 24-7. I don't know why I'm trying to use it as an excuse right now. (laughs) (sighs) Good stuff. Good stuff, guys. (laughs) On returning home, Harold made plans for the rest of the day, which included a visit to Port Nipin. Or Nipin? Something like that. A barbecue lunch and an afternoon spearfishing trip nepeen nepeen <laughs> how would an Australian say it I'm not doing that okay. I don't want them to be mad at me they're mad at us anyway no they're not because we're American we're American sorry at 11.15am he and four others set out for port I mean Nipine. point gosh I can't talk it's okay after <laughs> dang it <laughs> At 11:15 a.m., he and four others set out for Point Nepean, where they hope to watch British. Oh my God! I give up. <laughs> just, it, just keep going. British hopes to watch British sailor Alec Rose go past on his attempt to sail solo around the world. Nice. Did I sound like a newscaster? Yes, you did. Solo around the world. He was accompanied by marjorie gillespie her daughter veneer and two family friends of the gillespie's martin simpson and alan stewart it was a hot day and rose's yacht was barely visible so the group only stayed a short while before leaving he was taking a yacht
1: he, around he's like, the world
0: i'm doing i'm sailing a solo trip around the world but i'm but. gonna take my yacht yeah yacht this beach was also closed off by lifeguards because of the rough sea conditions. On the drive back to Port Sea, Holt suggested that the group stop at Cheviot Beach for a swim. It was about 12.15 p.m. This beach was unsupervised so he could take a swim. There were no lifeguards to close the beach down or anything, so he was allowed to go in the rough waters here. He wanted to cool down and work up an appetite before lunch. Harold knew the area well and said he knew Cheviot Beach, quote-unquote, Like the back of his hand. He had swum there many times before, in 1960 even salvaging a porthole from the SS Chevy the shipwreck that had given the beach its name. Holt did not hesitate in entering the water despite a large swell and visible currents and eddies. Allen was the only other swimmer as the others considered it unsafe because of how rough the waters were. Well, yeah. Allen stayed close to the shore and even in the shallows felt a strong undertow. However, Harold swam into deeper water and was dragged out to sea. You know, if you've seen Finding Dory, you know. When we say when we see the undertow, under I can't even say it. When you see the undertow, we say She says, "Let's go," but it's no. <laughs> I wasn't Have say, you ever seen Finding Dory? Yeah, but I can remember. Like, when it. we see it's been a undertow, while. The undertow, we say go let's go oh and the, her parents were like no 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 we <laughs> say no yeah i think i've seen it but it's been a million years it didn't even come out that long ago i know so it's been probably since then <laughs> mm-hmm. the others called out to him but he did not raise his arms or cry for help he soon slipped under the waves and out of sight in a manner which of marjorie gillespie described as like a leaf being taken out so quick and final Ooh, yikes Following Harold's disappearance, Alan drove to the nearby Officer Cadet School, Portsea, an Australian Army training facility. The school was virtually deserted as most personnel were on annual leave, but the Victoria Police were contacted and initiated what became one of the largest search operations in Australian history. A search for Harold's body began at 1.30 p.m. when three amateur divers entered the water and found it too rough. So this dude went out to swim, and these divers are saying it's too rough, and they do this professionally. Mm-hmm. They were soon joined by helicopters, watercraft, police divers, and two naval diving teams. However, little progress was made due to the rough conditions and limited equipment available. Man, those waters must have been really rough. Mm-hmm. Why did he go out there? I don't know. No sense. By the end of the day, there were more than a hundred and ninety personnel involved, with operations based out of the Officer Cadet School this number, would envis- eventually. <laughs> this number would eventually increase to more than 340 personnel. During this search, authorities were contacted by an Indian guru. He claimed to have a vision of the Prime Minister's body lying on the seafloor. Divers searched the area where the guru said it would be, but they found nothing. The search resumed just before 5 a.m. on December 18th, despite a strong wind heavy seas and occasional rain. Working in shifts, 50 divers focused on the rock pools and ledges near where Harold had last been sighted. They were forced to free dive to minimize injury as they were continuously being driven against the nearby cliff face. Due to the change in tide, the search was suspended at 8 a.m. and did not resume until mid-afternoon. The following days, operations were again hampered by the weather. Conditions improved on Wednesday, December 20th, but by the following day, most personnel were being withdrawn. The search for Harold's body was officially called off on January 5th, 1968, although it had been gradually scaled back to the point where it consisted only of the daily beach patrol. Lieutenant Commander Phil Hawk, who led the HMAS Lonsdale Diving Team, would later state that any chance of finding the Prime Minister was lost by the Sunday night. Rumors of Harold's disappearance reached the media just over an hour after it occurred, and the first conclusive report was made at about 1.45 p.m. on, how do you say Melbourne, Melbourne Radio Station, 3DB. Zara Holt was told of her husband's disappearance by Peter Bailey, one of his secretaries. The Victoria Police launched a formal investigation into Holt's disappearance the day after it occurred. Jack Ford, a former homicide detective, was chosen to head the... chosen to head the investigation with aubrey jackson of the commonwealth police assisting were you going to say something sorry no i was going to help you with that word head yes (laughs) the resulting police (sighs) i can do this you can do it the resulting police report was released on january 5th 1968 but did not record any definitive findings due to the lack of evidence senior pathologist james mcnamara was consulted about what might have happened to holt's body and suggested that it may have been trapped by kelp and then consumed by sea creatures specifically sharks crayfish or sea lice okay but um sharks don't eat people not on purpose fun fact no like if you get bit by a shark they don't eat you well i know that because they don't like it the only reason that they try to attack you is because they think you're a seal. Right. Well, they'll con- they'll continue to attack you if they don't know you're a human. But, like, I don't think sh- sharks wouldn't have ate his body, though, is what I'm saying. If it's meat swimming in the ocean, you think they wouldn't eat it? They might. Sure, I don't think sharks like the taste of human. That's why they don't I eat don't it. I don't think... No, they don't eat us. I. I don't know if it's because they don't like the taste. I'm not sure. I think it's just because they don't i don't know i don't know anyway but if that were the case the body would have been reduced to a skeleton in a period as short as 24 to 48 hours that's very quickly yeah some of those involved in the investigation later reported that certain relevant information had been deliberate deliberately omitted from the final report for instance simpson's stated that holt had had several cans of beer in his bag The federal government declined to conduct its own inquiry as the disappearance was considered uncontroversial and his family did not want one. Until 1985, state law did not allow for the Victorian Coroner's Court to conduct an inquest without the presence of a body. In August 2003, State Coroner Graham Johnstone announced that his office had compiled a list of 103 cold cases involving suspected drownings where bodies were never recovered. By November 2004, 82 cases had been deemed suitable for a coron... Sorry. Coronial, right? Coronial? Coronial? Coronial. I'm not sure. Coroner? Coronial? Coroner? Coronial? Inquest, including that of Harold. Johnstone opened a formal inquest in August 2005 and handed down his findings early the following month. He concluded that, quote, Mr. Holt took an unnecessary risk and drowned in rough water in Cheviot Beach, there is nothing of significance in any of the material gathered that would indicate anything other than drowning occurred john stone also criticized the decision not to hold a governmental inquiry at the time of the disappearance suggesting that it may have avoided the development of some of the unsubstantiated rumors and unusual theories and this is where we get to the good part Mm -hmm. there were a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding harold's disappearance i can I i can see why some have suggested that Holt entered the water primarily to impress Marjorie Gillespie, with whom he was rumored to be having an affair. He did seem like he was spending a lot of time with her. Mm-hmm. Zara believed that this was the case, and in 1988, Gillespie publicly identified herself as Holt's lover. Ooh la la. Yeah. So. Her, his lover. His lover. That's, that's a lot to say. Mm-hmm. However, in an earlier interview, she had been specifically asked if there was a relationship, oh, if their relationship was sexual in nature and did not characterize it as such. So, in an earlier interview, she kept denying, 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 but in 1988, she finally came out as his lover. Mm-hmm. One conspiracy was that he may have been terminated by the CIA. For why? You're about to find out. Okay. Harold publicly supported Lyndon B. Johnson and America's involvement in Vietnam. Oh. In nineteen sixty six when Harold visited the US, he promised that he would go, quote, all in all the way with L G I can't. All the way with LBJ. Yes. geez Why can't I say this crap? It's like a chant. <laughs> and he pledged more than six thousand Australian soldiers to support the US in Vietnam. Why would they why? Because why he was he- trying to support the US at the time. <laughs> the theory is that the CIA wanted to remove Harold before he backed out of his promises to support the U.S. Because the soldiers he did send the, sho- soldiers? the soldiers to Vietnam and America did not want him to take them back out. Because... Because they needed his help. Mm-hmm. However, the manner of his apparent death being only a short distance from his friends and the difficulty of the CIA lying in wait, this theory seems unlikely. Another theory is that Harold committed suicide. Interesting. Supporters of this theory claim that Holt, Harold, was depressed and mentally unstable and killed himself because he thought his political career was in jeopardy. Don't know where they got this from. Mm -mm. but But once again, this theory seems unlikely due to the fact that he disappeared in front of his friends. Right. Those who knew him knew he loved life and had a great deal to live for. He was not the type of person to kill himself. But I feel like that's what a lot of people say. You never know. You never know. You really never know what's going on inside someone's head. Exactly. It doesn't matter what they look like on the outside. Mm -mm. They could be the happiest person. Sometimes those are the most depressed. Mm Mm-hmm. The 1968 police report specifically ruled out suicide as Harold had followed, quote, an ordinary domestic pattern in the days before his disappearance, and suicides in front of witnesses were considered atypical. That is atypical. That is unheard of really yeah. who killed harold holt a nine network television documentary that aired in 2007 gave particular credence to the suicide theory as did an article the bulletin published the same year in response holt's son sam gave an interview in which he said quote there is no mystery in essence there's no credibility at all no one in our family believes it his widowed wife zara had earlier said that her husband was too selfish to commit suicide you could tell they had some problems. Yeah. She obviously did not like him that much. Um, well, I probably I mean, wouldn't like him either if he was having affairs behind my back. Yeah, absolutely not. Two of Holt's former colleagues, Tony Eagleton and Malcolm Fraser, were also interviewed around the same time and both rejected any suggestion of suicide. Alec Downer and James Killian had expressed similar sentiments in their memoirs. In contrast, Edward St. John believed suicide was plausible, suggesting that Holt's death, quote, appeared to be an act of a man who either wanted to die or didn't much care whether he lived or died, quote. I think it's more, I would think it was more of he didn't care whether he lived or died. Well, I was thinking it was more of his ego. Because, like, he didn't want to listen to all these people that were like, the water's too don't rough. swim, yeah, he was like, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, that's why I was thinking maybe his ego was like. That's true, mm-hmm. Senior public servant Sir Lennox Hewitt recalled in a 1994 interview that Harold had seemed depressed in the period before his death. Peter Butt, and yes, that's uh, spelled B-U-T-T. Butt. Peter Butt. Peter Butt. Peter <laughs> Sorry. But. <laughs> Sorry, Peter, if, if you're listening. Probably not. Got it. it. Who produced the 2008 docudrama, The Prime Minister is Missing, observed that, quote, no one thought it was in his character and all those who knew him the, dismiss the idea completely, quote. Other theories were that he was abducted by aliens, vanished by China, or he faked his own death to escape his responsibilities and start a new life with a lover. I'm sorry, abducted by aliens? Yeah. That, that's really a theory. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, like- His friends wouldn't have seen that huge, giant-ass spaceship. He just disappeared. Yeah. Snapped his fingers and abducted by aliens. Seriously. Interesting. The China theory was proposed in a 1983 book The Prime Minister Was a Spy by British journalist Anthony Gray. He alleged that Harold had been a spy for the Chinese government on and off since 1929. The day he supposedly died at sea, he was actually collected off cheviot beach by chinese frogmen who helped him into a submarine that spirited him away into his new life spirited him yeah that's literally what it said that's like word for word spirited is like took him away right mm-hmm. fast yep i assume this book also ju- <laughs> <laughs> this book also suggests that harold needed to escape because he thought that the Australian government had caught on to his involvement with the Chinese government. So he had involvement in the Chinese government. Yeah, like he was a spy for the Chinese government. Oh, he giving was Giving actually... them information. Well, mm. no, this is just a theory. Oh, a theory. Okay. Oh, but gotcha. he was giving the Chinese government information about the Australian government and giving them information mm. that no one else should know but the Australian government. Gotcha. Another theory was said to be connected to the Vietnam War and suggested that Harold was assassinated by agents of North Vietnam. Oh, dang. For helping America in the war. In September 2005, a coroner's inquiry dismissed the alternative theories about Harold's death and ruled that he drowned at the hand of the rough seas. A memorial service for Holt was held on Friday, December 22nd at St. Paul's Cathedral, Melbourne. It was led by Tom Thomas, Tom Thomas, the Dean of Melbourne, with a single eulogy given by Philip Strong, the Anglican Primate of Australia. Due to the absence of the body, there were no prayers of committal. There were 2,000 attendees within the cathedral, and many thousands more lined the nearby streets and listened through a public address system. So there were a lot of people at his funeral. hmm 30 newspaper reporters were given seats, but only one official photographer was allowed, as well as a single video camera at the back of the building. The service was attended by Charles, Prince of Wales, Secretary General Yu Thant of the United Nations, President Lyndon B. Johnson of the United States, Prime Minister Harold Wilson and Edward Heath of the United Kingdom, Prime Minister Keith Holyoke of New Zealand, President Ferdinand Marcos of the Philippines, Prime Minister Lee Kuan Yew of Singapore, President Chung Hee Park of South Korea, President I'm not sure how to say that. Yen. Yen. I have no idea. I think so. Van Thao of South Vietnam. Prime Minister C.K. Yen of Taiwan. Taiwan? Sorry. My sister's name is Tay Lin. I don't know why. I just Taiwan? Taiwan <laughs> and Prime Minister Thanum Kittikachorn of Thailand. No. That was hard. Guys, it's You said Thailand. It's dope. definitely Thailand. Did I say Thailand? You I did was, say Thailand. I was messed up about the K I T T I K A. CHORN of it's Thailand. Kitakachorn. And also you said President Neung Van Thao? It's probably te- Tao. It's South it's Vietnamese, so the TH is probably like a T sound. Listen, I'm American. Like Thailand. I'm trying. We're trying. Fiji, India, Indonesia, Japan, Laos malaysia and western samoa sent their foreign ministers as representatives while numerous other countries sent their ambassadors i really didn't have to say all the people that attended but i thought it was cool that all these people from around the world attended his service right like gathered together Mm -hmm. after the service there was a formal reception at government house melbourne according to his biographer tom frame quote there can never realistically be much doubt that harold holt drowned He was simply one of the number of ordinary Australians who drowned each year through poor judgment or bad luck. Holt likely misjudged his own swimming ability and the roughness of the conditions and was simply overcome by exhaustion. Alternatively, he may have suffered a heart attack, been struck by driftwood, stung by jellyfish, or attacked by a shark. Holt's body was probably either trapped below the surface or washed out to sea on the ebb tide. It was not unusual for this to occur. Three men had drowned at the beach in Rye a few years earlier, with one body disappearing and the other two ending up in different places. On the first anniversary of, of Harold's death, a commemorative plaque was bolted to a reef at Cheviot Beach, approximately 15 meters or 49 feet underwater. There are monuments to hold on the cliff above the beach at the Melbourne General Cemetery, the latter featuring the inscription, He Loved the Sea. In September 1968, a naval communication station- That is- a, Communication <laughs> station. I'm surprised I said that correctly. In Western Australia, was renamed in Harold's honor. And that is the Australian spelling. Of I was going to say, I could tell this is like Australian spelling. Yeah. The following year, Harold's widow was invited to Los Angeles to launch the USS Harold E. Holt, one of the only a handful of U.S. Navy ships named after foreign leaders. Nice. In March 1969, the Harold Holt Memorial Swimming Center was opened in suburban Melbourne. It had been under construction at the time of Harold's death, and the Malvern City Council voted to name it in his honor, in part because he had been a local member of Parliament. The Australian Army also dedicated a swimming pool to Harold's memory, the Harold Holt Memorial Pool at the Australian base in Bung Tau, Vietnam. And that is it. I think... He just drowned. Yeah. I, I think. Think he just wanted to go out and swim. Yeah, I and, think he just drowned too. I mean, wanted to prove everybody that try to prove to everybody that Try the, to prove to Marjorie, really. That the tides weren't too strong for him. And they were. It was and his ego, I swear. If if the water was as bad as they, they're you know, they're saying it is, mm-hmm. then his body could be like way farther away. Yeah, it's probably way out to sea. I mean well, it's probably gone now. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, back then, it was probably, yeah. it was probably long gone. Way out there. So. I just pr- thought it was. Not- he probably just died. I, see. I had to burp, sorry. Okay. It was probably, like, him just drowning, in my opinion, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Just, but I just thought it was cool, like, all the conspiracies that were revolving around his death. Aliens. Abducted by aliens. Chinese. Yeah. Like, I just thought it was crazy what things people can come up with Mm -hmm. to justify someone's death. Disappearance. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe Zara was pretty pissed off. (laughs) Maybe. I don't think it was her. Nah. She's just out here living her life, or was. I don't know if she's still alive. Probably not. That was a good one. I felt so, too. I didn't... I had never heard about that. Yeah, I found it on a book that I got at Barnes & Noble, so felt pretty good about it yeah i liked it all my sources will be linked in the show notes people Mm -hmm. if you want to check out where i found the information or do some research yourself but that is it that is the disappearance of harold holt what do you guys think (laughs) what do you think happened to him the world may never know (laughs) how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop the world may never know (laughs) Alrighty, That's it. Keep a lookout for Kirsten's story time episode. It released two days ago, so go give it a listen. More urban legends of each state. And there will be two new episodes next week on Wednesday and Friday. So watch out for those. That's what I was talking about. Well, I'm talking about next week. Next week is when we post. Next week. Next, next week. Next week from the when we post this. Got gotcha, you, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Okay. okay anywho all right we will see you guys in the next one wait is this before new year's yeah this will be posted well, when we post oh yeah yeah this we- is my episode
1: <laughs> yeah this happy one's new new gonna year, guys. be
0: posted on new year's eve i think yep happy new year's we'll see you guys next year <laughs> <laughs> so funny <laughs> all right guys thanks for listening see ya bye